Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. We have Melissa DeRosa. Do you want to respond to what the Tish James investigation and con? I mean, we this is serendipity. We didn't even plan this, but you're the perfect person to ask. So, I mean, well, it's, it's great to hear your voice, Lydia, and nice to talk to all of you guys again. I mean, look, I, you watch this all play out, and it's it should be shocking, except it just confirms to me what I have known for quite some time which is that Tish James has corrupted that office and it has been hijacked by a bunch of political hacks and children. I mean, Tish James, Jennifer Levy, Delaney Kempner, these people who came with her from the public advocate's office, which really is the public advocate, let's all be honest, is nothing more than sort of a paid you know, complainer. It's like they have no actual role. These people came into the attorney general's office, which is an office with a long, proud history of bringing really important cases, and they've politicized and corrupted it. And I mean, it's not just with Andrew Cuomo and it's not just with Ibrahim Khan and how they handled that and the juxtaposition of the way that they handled it. But you look at what they did with Nikki Haley and leaking her donor list, which I'm hearing from people that are on the inside that they did an internal report that they've also been sitting on, that they expect to dump some Friday, you know, around the holidays. That's going to show that there were potentially bad acts there and not that it was a glitch, which Tish James claimed to the news editorial board. So, I mean, you look at what she did here and what I found incredible, and I thought Errol Lewis did a pretty decent job in that interview, but I was disappointed that he didn't put two very important questions to her. Number one, why did you not go to the comptroller's office? You're doing a contract. You're bringing in an outside law firm. There's over 2,000 people that work in the attorney general's office. Not one of them could pick up the phone and say, hey, Tom DiNapoli, we've got this issue with our chief, chief of staff and We've got to expedite this contract. We've got to get the ball rolling. No, they were covering it up. It was a, That's the smoking gun. And number two, Delaney Kempner, her press secretary, who for the entire week in the run-in to when the New York Times ultimately confirmed that this was all going on behind the scenes, that they were trying to cover up and keep hush-hush, she was lying to reporters all week. She was saying, you're spreading rumors, you're gossiping, you know, what you've got is wrong. The Washington Post actually just covered that today in a column by Eric Wemple, um, directly quoting her. And so it's just my biggest takeaway from this is that that office has been so badly politicized and damaged that it's an outrage. And the idea that the legislature is going to give her a pass on this. And they're not going to hold her feet to the fire and say, we care about government competence. We care about the integrity of the office. We're going to let this go and close ranks and just, you know, we hear no evil, see no evil and move on. Shows their hypocrisy. Right. And what's that famous line, Judge Weinberg, show me the person. I'll show you. What is that? Show it's me the Stalin line. Show, show me the person and I'll show you the crime. I mean, she ran on a, a campaign that she was going to go after Trump. And then, of course, it became the cool thing to do to actually go after Cuomo. And she was encouraging the accusers to go to the police. So it's interesting that this was happening in her own office and it was ignored. I mean, it's it's not it's because when, it, it didn't again, bolster her as, political as we popularity. Williams, we just said to Zach Williams, does this raise a question of a double standard? I, mean, I don't think absolutely. there's a question about it. Yeah, exactly. There's not even a question of it. I mean, when you look at what she did with Andrew Cuomo and that report and how she leak, leak, leaked to the press throughout the entirety of that sham investigation 
And then she starts selectively dropping transcripts, which she redacts in order to cover up things that were maybe not flattering for her herself or for Ibrahim Khan, her chief of staff and her political consultant, Trip Yang. I mean, what she did, she the way that she sort of pushed all of that out right after she announced she was running for governor. You know, she stands up. She says 11 women. She refuses to say which ones actually constitute sexual harassment. I mean, I, I, I know what the law is pretty clearly. I helped negotiate it. And sexual harassment is not putting your hands on a woman's face at a wedding or saying, hi, sweetheart, or putting your hand on someone's waist while you're posing for a photograph. You know, those were the allegations against Andrew Cuomo that she said, you know, were sexual harassment in violation of state and federal law. And then, you know, the, all of the politicians sort of swarmed and pushed him out so that they could each, you know, move up the chain themselves. Tish had her eye on becoming governor and Kathy Hochul had her eye on becoming governor. You've got in this situation, the woman who came forward this week in an interview with the New York Times saying, I believe she tried to cover this up. I am unhappy with how this was handled. And yet all the politicians one by one said, we don't think that we need to do anything about this. So I guess it's not really about believe all women unless it's politically beneficial to the people in Albany. Well, thank you so much, uh, Melissa DeRosa. One last question, cinema. She's shaking things up. She went over Arizona senators. She's now an independent. What do you think that'll do? You know, look, I think that Cinema is making her own political calculation. I think given that she has sort of sat with Manchin this whole time and, you know, been the holdout on, on some of the bigger Democratic legislative priorities, that she had her own concerns around a primary and surviving primary. But she's going to continue to caucus with the Democratic Party. I think she's going to continue to keep her committee assignments. And so I think that, you know, remember, Bernie Sanders isn't a registered Democrat either. And you've got well, King. others. Well, King. Exactly. So I think that I don't think this actually changes much. I know it sent some shockwaves around when the when the uh, announcement first dropped. But I, I don't think at first blush this is actually going to do much. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa DeRosa. We have to go to a hard break and uh, hope you have an amazing weekend. You too. Good to talk, guys. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.